Well, good morning, everyone. You can open up your Bibles to the book of Numbers, chapter 8. We will be reading Numbers, chapter 8, starting in verse 5. Now, as you are turning there, I want to have a bit of a reminder of where we are in the history of Israel. What's happening in Israel's history at Romans, or at rather Numbers, chapter 8. Presbyterian, I love Romans 8, so I just wanted to go there. But we are in Numbers 8. Now, the Lord has delivered the people of Israel out of Egypt. They've come to the base of Mount Sinai where they've received the law, the Ten Commandments, and the instructions on how they are to build the tabernacle. Now, they follow these instructions, they finish building the tabernacle according to all that the Lord has said, and they've dedicated the tabernacle through their offerings. That's what we read about last week. We saw that Moses then entered the tabernacle and began receiving instruction from the Lord as he communed with him in the Holy of Holies. The first instruction was about the arrangement of the lampstand within the Holy of Holies. And here in chapter 8, we receive the second recorded word from the Lord. That is the dedication of the Levites to the service In the tabernacle. You see, we are still at the base of Mount Sinai. Israel has not left. They have not yet started their journey. The Lord is still preparing them for this journey. So let us turn our attention to the book of Numbers. Chapter 8, starting in verse 5. And then we will go through verse 13. And then skip down to verse 20 and end the chapter. This is God's holy word for His people. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the Levites from among the people of Israel and cleanse them. Thus you shall do to them to cleanse them. Sprinkle the water of purification upon them and let them go with a razor over all their body and wash their clothes and cleanse themselves. Then let them take a bowl from the herd and its grain offering, a fine flour mixed with oil. And you shall take another bowl from the herd for a sin offering. And you shall bring the Levites before the tent of meeting and assemble the whole congregation of the people of Israel. When you bring the Levites before the Lord, the people of Israel shall lay their hands on the Levites. And Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord as a wave offering from the people of Israel, that they may do the service of the Lord. Then the Levites shall lay their hands on the heads of the bulls, and you shall offer the one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering to the Lord to make atonement for the Levites. And you shall set the Levites before Aaron and his sons and shall offer them as a wave offering to the Lord. Down to verse 20. Thus did Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the people of Israel to the Levites. According to all that the Lord commanded Moses concerning the Levites, the people of Israel did to them. And the Levites purified themselves from sin and washed their clothes. And Aaron offered them as a wave offering before the Lord. And Aaron made atonement for them to cleanse them. And after the Levites went in to do their service in the tent of meeting before Aaron and his sons, as the Lord had commanded Moses concerning the Levites, 
so they did to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, This applies to the Levites from 25 years old and upward. They shall come to do duty in the service of the tent of meeting. And from the age of 50 years, they shall withdraw from the duty of the service and serve no more. They minister to their brothers in the tent of meeting by keeping guard, but they shall do no service. Thus shall you do to the Levites in assigning their duties. This is God's holy word for us, his people. Let us go to him now in prayer. Father God, we come to you now and we ask that you would guide us by your word and your spirit, that your light would shine forth and we might see light, that we might find truth and freedom and in your will discover your peace for us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. There are... A lot of things that I know I can't do by myself. I don't know how to change my oil in my truck, so I hire somebody to do it for me. I can't cut my own hair. I don't fix my own roof. I don't fix my own furnace. One time I tried to fix my own shower, but that ended in hundreds of dollars in mold remediation because the pipe that I fixed leaked inside the wall. There are plenty of things that I can do by myself. But when I realize that I can't do it, I look to find someone else who is qualified, who can step in on my behalf and do the job for me. In our passage for this morning, we have recorded for us the dedication of the Levites to their service in the tabernacle. The whole nation of Israel had been called to serve the Lord, but the reality is the whole congregation could not all dedicate themselves to properly serving the Lord in the tabernacle. There were too many other needs. There was too much specialization needed to properly serve the Lord. It wasn't layman's work. And so, in His grace, the Lord sets aside the Levites as a substitute for the whole congregation. We read in verse 16, For they are wholly given to me from among the people of Israel. Instead of all who open the womb, the firstborn of all the people of Israel, I have taken them, that is the Levites, for myself. The Levites are wholly given over to the Lord so that they can specialize in the service of the tabernacle. Right? We're going to set you aside so that you can train and get really, really good at doing this for the rest of us. You can't fly a plane, so you pay a professional pilot to fly. You can't give yourself heart surgery, so you pay a trained surgeon to do it. I could never figure out how to do a real estate deal, so I pay a realtor to do it for me. I can't do my taxes, so I have somebody do my taxes for me. You have somebody who understands the law represent you in court. You see, there are certain things that have to be done, but we are not able to do them ourselves. And there are certain requirements that are necessary to serve the Lord. There are certain qualifications that must be met for us to come into the presence of the Lord. 
And if we can't meet them, then we must look for a suitable substitute. Someone who can stand in our place. Someone who can represent us and serve the Lord on our behalf. I think that we have all felt at some point in our lives that we are not qualified to come before the Lord. Last week we talked about being a living sacrifice. That we are to give, that we are to commune, that we are to worship with the Lord. But I wonder how many of you came away last Sunday thinking, well, I can do that. I'm really good at being a living sacrifice. No, I think that most of us, if we are honest with ourselves, would say, if my service to the Lord is to be done rightly, I'm going to need some help. I'm going to need someone who could serve in my place. I need a substitute. In our passage for this morning, what we will find is that the Lord has provided a suitable substitute for His people. One who will fulfill all that is needed to those who place their faith in Him. Now I'm sure that there are many of you who remember the old ivory soap advertising campaign that claimed that ivory was 99 and 44 one-hundredths percent pure. Now I know that you're supposed to say, well, that's really pure. I'll get real clean if I wash with that soap. And of course you will. But I'm sure that there's a part of you that thinks, wait a second, what's the other 66 one-hundredth percent in my ivory soap? What's in there? What am I washing myself with? Now, when the Levites are offered up as a substitute for the nation of Israel, the first thing that we see is that they have to be 100% pure. 99 and 44 one-hundredths percent won't cut it when it comes to standing before the Lord in the service of the tabernacle. Any impurities must be washed clean. And therefore, a suitable substitute must be 100% pure. Again, look down at your text in verses 5 through 7 of chapter 8. It says... And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Take the Levites from among the people of Israel and cleanse them. Thus you shall do to cleanse them. Sprinkle the water of purification upon them. Let them go with the razor over all their body and wash their clothes and cleanse themselves. For the Levites to serve as a suitable substitute... For the people of Israel, they had to be cleansed. The pollution of sin and death could not come into the presence of the Lord. And therefore, the Lord instructs them to be cleansed. This includes sprinkling cleansing water on the Levites, shaving off all of their hair, and washing their clothes. And while the whole congregation of Israel could not go through this ritual cleansing, the Levites, as substitute for the people, are cleansed so that the whole congregation might be represented before God. Because the Levites are cleansed, all of Israel is considered ritualistically clean and God's presence can remain among them. You see, we need a substitute because we are not pure. We have been soiled by sin. 
We have been stained by our disobedience. And try as we may, the stain of sin will not wash out. It's like that red Georgia clay. Right? If you track that stuff into the house, there's no getting it out of white carpet. And so if we are to have the blessing of God's presence among us, we must find a substitute that is pure. We must find one that does not have the stain of sin. Someone who could go into the very presence of God and receive His blessing. And the Lord in His grace has given to Israel a suitable substitute. He instructs Moses how the Levites might be cleansed so that they can be a pure substitute for the people. And yet, even in their purification, we become aware of their weakness. We become aware that the substitute of the Levites that have been provided is one that also must be cleansed. They also must be purified. And because of this, we know that their time of service will only be for a season. And that we must look forward to one who will be pure even without washing. One who will be pure of his own righteousness. The cleansing of the Levites here in Numbers 8 points us forward to one who will come as a substitute that will be 100% pure in and of himself. And so it's no surprise that we read in 1 Peter 2.22 of Jesus that he committed no sin, neither was there deceit found in his mouth. Or in 1 John 3, 5, you know that He appeared in order to take away sins and in Him there is no sin. To come to God, we need a substitute. We need someone who can come into His presence that is pure so that we might receive the blessing of His purity. I could never win an Olympic medal in figure skating. But I need a representative. A representative from the U.S. to win one on our behalf so that as Americans we can all say, we're the best at figure skating. Even though we did nothing to receive that. So too, could none of us be pure enough to come into the presence of God. But we need a pure and spotless Lamb the Lord Jesus, to go before God on our behalf and win for us the prize of God's blessing. A suitable substitute must be 100% pure. It must be the Lord Jesus Christ. The next thing that we see in our text is that a suitable substitute must be propitiatory. Now I know that's a big word, propitiatory. But I use it because it communicates the point so clearly and so well and because it fits my alliteration. (laughs) So, what does propitiatory mean? Well, it means a sacrifice that removes or turns away a punishment. Just as we are impure because of our sin, we are also under a penalty for our sin. We are under God's judgment because we have broken His law. 
There's a fine that has to be paid because of our sin. There is judgment. We are guilty. And so if we are to have a substitute represent us before God, we need one who can remove God's judgment from us. One who will pay the fine on our behalf. One who can make propitiation for our sins. And this is what we see in verses 8 through 13 of our text. We see that the Levites are lifted up. That's what a wave offering was. It was a lifting up on behalf of the people of Israel a sacrifice that would propitiate, that is, remove the penalty for sin. So starting in verse 9, And you shall bring the Levites before the tent of meeting, assemble the whole congregation of the people of Israel. When you bring the Levites before the Lord, the people of Israel shall lay their hands on the Levites. And Aaron shall offer the Levites before the Lord as a wave offering from the people of Israel that they may do the service of the Lord. Now listen to this. Then the Levites shall lay their hands on the head of the bulls, and you shall offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering to the Lord to make atonement for the Levite. Now what's going on here? Well, as Israel laid their hands in faith upon the Levites, the Levites are marked as the ones who represent the people. It is as though all of their sin is placed upon the Levites. And in turn, the Levites then lay their hands upon the head of two bulls. It's as though this sin now is being transferred to these two bulls, which are sacrificed to pay the penalty that is the sin offering and make the Levites right with God, which is the burnt offering. You see, the penalty for Israel's sin could not be ignored. For God to come into the presence of the congregation, an atoning sacrifice had to be made. And so the Levites are raised up as a substitute to take upon themselves the penalty of Israel's sin. As we read in verse 19 of chapter 8, the Levites were raised up as a wave offering to make atonement for the people of Israel, that there may be no plague among the people of Israel when the people of Israel come near the sanctuary. The plague was the judgment for their sin. But that judgment is removed because the Levites make atonement for the people. And yet, as an atonement, the Levites did not offer their own lives. But even as the whole congregation placed their hands on the Levites, all the Levites laid their hands on the bulls. The penalty passed from the people to the Levites to the bulls. Again, showing that a future sacrifice had to be made. That a better substitute would one day be raised up as a wave offering before the Lord, even Jesus Christ, Himself. You see, we can't offer ourselves as a sacrifice. Then we would be dead. We need somebody who will come and offer his own life on our behalf that can overcome death himself. And so we read in Romans chapter 3, even as Pastor Brett reminded us, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption 
that is in Jesus Christ, whom God put forward, that is, whom God raised up as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. A suitable substitute must pay the penalty for sin. It must be propitiatory. And just as Israel laid their hands upon the Levites to show that their sin had been transferred to them, so too must we lay our hands upon the Lord Jesus Christ. That is, we must in faith rest fully upon Jesus as the only suitable substitute who would take on the penalty of death for us, His people. For we have all sinned, yet we are made right with God through the propitiation made by the blood of Jesus Christ alone. He alone is a suitable sacrifice, a suitable substitute for His people. You see, a suitable substitute must be pure. A suitable substitute must be propitiatory. And finally, what we see is that a suitable substitute must be permanent. When we moved to South Carolina, we had to replace the deck that was on the back of our house. Now, growing up, I remember how much I despise caring for a wooden deck. Any of you that have a wooden deck know what I'm talking about. The cleaning, the painting, the replacing of boards in the middle of summer. Why couldn't we just hire somebody to do this? So I decided that even though it cost quite a bit more, I was going to get one of those Trex decks. You know, I'm talking about one of those composite materials that are meant to last forever. Well... Not forever. But they have a 20-year warranty on them. And at the time, 20 years seemed like forever. But after nine years, I began thinking, that went really quick. And if I have to replace this really expensive deck in 10 years from now, I'm going to have to start saving right now. Plus, I still had to clean it. I had to do work on the wooden supports and slats. It was less work than an all-wood deck, but it wasn't a permanent solution like I thought it would be. And just like everything else in this world, even the things that seem permanent, the work of the Levites would come to an end. In verses 23 through 26, we have the provision for the years a Levite could serve. Look at verse 25. We have there the required retirement age for Levites. It says, And from the age of 50 years, they shall withdraw from the duty of the service and serve no more. They could begin to serve at 25, but by the age of 50, they had to retire 25 years of service. It seems like a long time. But it's nowhere near permanent. The work of the Levites was subject to their own weakness and brokenness. Every 25 years, a whole new set of Levites were serving. They were limited by their impurity. They were limited by their sin. And they were limited by their bondage to aging and death. 
The Levites were put forward as a substitute for the people of Israel. But they themselves needed cleansing. They needed atonement. And they needed freedom from death. And so we read in Hebrews chapter 7 that the former priests were many in number. Why? Because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But He, that is Christ, holds His priesthood permanently because He continues forever. Consequently, He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him since He always lives to make intercession for them. Jesus Christ is the only suitable substitute because He is the only one who can represent His people before the Lord permanently. His work will never come to an end. He continually intercedes on our behalf. By His resurrection from the dead, Jesus overcame death. He's no longer subject to it. This means that He can continually represent us before God. He never grows old. He never grows tired. Any other substitute to which we might look will one day fail us. The greatest saints the church has ever known have already died or will one day die. But Christ is forever. He is permanent. And therefore, all those who place their trust in Him, all those who lay their hands upon Him in faith, can have great confidence that they will be safe and secure into all eternity. When I was younger, there were times that I would watch the Olympics, like I know a lot of you have been doing the last couple weeks. And I'd get really inspired that one day I would win a gold medal. But I knew that I would never win anything in gymnastics, right? Six foot, 200 plus pound man, not built for that sport. And I'm not very fast, so I wouldn't be a sprinter. And I'm not really very coordinated either, so nothing that's too technical, nor am I naturally athletic. And I started looking at my prospects and realized this isn't going to happen. And so I resigned myself to being a good fan. The only way I would ever win a gold medal is by representation. The USA wins, I win. And I know that there are times when we get very inspired that we're going to start living for the Lord. I'm going to be a living sacrifice. I'm going to offer myself to studying God's Word and living it out in my life. I'm going to do two hour long devotions and memorize chapters of the Bible at a time. I'm going to share the gospel with my neighbors and give half my salary to foreign missionaries. Of course, after tithing to the church. After tithing to the church. But then life hits. And the temptations of the flesh come. And your own weaknesses and limitations become apparent. And you realize, I need a substitute. I need someone who could serve the Lord on my behalf. Well, where do you look? Who is a suitable substitute to offer to the Lord the service that He requires? Well, it's natural to look to people we think fit the bill. Maybe you look to your parents and you think, man, their faith is so strong, I will stand upon their faith. They seem 
so right with the Lord. Or you look to a pastor and you say, he's studying God's Word. He's praying. I will just look to him. He's a holy man. Or you look to foreign missionaries or to social workers. We look to all sorts of people and we think they are pure and they are specialized to represent us before the Lord. But in the end, there are no suitable substitutes. No parent or pastor or spouse can stand in your place. The only one that we can look to is the Lord Jesus Christ. You must again lay your hands upon Him in faith. He is the only one who is qualified. For He alone is pure. For He alone can make atonement for sin. And He alone has conquered death and can permanently represent you before God. So this morning, I call upon you to trust in Christ. In faith, turn from all your own work. Turn from all your false substitutes. And place your faith in the one suitable substitute that the Lord has provided. The Lord Jesus Christ alone. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us go to the Lord now in prayer. Father God, we come before you. And we are keenly aware of our inability to serve you rightly in and of ourselves. And so I pray that you would give us the grace to turn from our own righteousness to the righteousness of Christ. That we would turn from our own service to the service of Christ. That we would stop grasping for things here on earth. Knowing that every man is a vapor and will soon fade. But that we will turn to the Lord Jesus Christ alone. I pray that you would give us this grace by your Holy Spirit. And it's through the name of Jesus Christ that we do offer these prayers. Because He can continually make intercession on our behalf. Amen.